Welcome to the Swingers Club, a social gathering for various golfers hosted by Joe, Matt and Sam. Hello and welcome back to the Swingers Club. I hope everybody is okay, staying safe and staying at home. We've got an absolutely brilliant show lined up for you guys today, including an interview with a Masters caddy. He's going to talk us through the Augusta experience, of course, and finally settle the debate about what Holbrook would shoot around there. But first, lads, this is the only time I actually get to speak to you guys from week to week, apart from the WhatsApp group we've got. So how are you? First of all, let's start with you, Matt. What's your week been like? Um, yeah, just running. You know how it is. <laughs> I, don't like to, I, don't, I don't like to harp on about it, but <laughs> no, in my first it. 5K. Yeah, Sam, some... some I don't want to. I don't want to use bad language, but yeah, someone on Instagram nominated me to run five k, knowing full well that I'd never run more than three k in my entire life. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? it sounds like the same yeah. kind of guy that would accuse you of not being able to shoot under a hundred <laughs> at Augusta. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's got this this nice this nice guy persona, but but deep down, he's uh, yeah, he's far from that. No, no, no. It was good. It was good. Yeah, no. We, I, you know, yeah. So I I did that. Um, just just the normal stuff, really. I've, Another guy on YouTube that I like to watch was smashing Easter eggs in his garden. So I had a little <laughs> go at that. I hung a hung an Easter egg from the kids' football goal when I was chipping golf balls at the Easter egg and just basically just trying to mix up the the home golf yeah, stuff. Totally. Because, you know, hitting hitting balls into that bed sheet now in the garage is starting to get a bit tedious. Yeah, it's, it's getting a bit tedious. And my lob wedge has never been used so much in my life in the garden. So, um, yeah, just, just trying to keep myself sane, really. Good man, good man, and thanks for watching, <laughs> Sam. You're, you're welcome, <laughs> Sam, Sam. What's your week been like, man? A uh, bit quiet, to be honest. Got my clubs back, which hey. I'm buzzing about. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so strange. Had like no interaction from uh, Emirates or whatever. Like no text message, no emails or anything. I just got a knock on the door, and it's you know it's like like what's the wife ordered now? Thinking, and you just <laughs> open. And there's a bloke standing there with my golf clubs. So uh, I was really? did you hug him? Uh, no, I did hug my golf bag, which I, I, people did see on social media, which I probably yeah, I regretted. Probably regretted some of the dingy airports and places that been, that thing's been in the last like four weeks. But uh, <laughs> anyway, got my golf clubs back, so that's highlight of my week. That is mad though that they literally just turned up. I that's not how I'd have thought seeing that playing out. No, I didn't hear anything from him. It was really strange. And what's no. it, what weren't the postman though? Surely, like, I have no. It wasn't. It was just some delivery guy. He was doing deliveries from from Heathrow, and he was like moaning about where he had to go after. But it was, I was, yeah, weird. You're lucky it weren't Hermes or my Hermes, whatever they're called. They would have just lobbed him straight over the back fence. Yeah, no, yeah, they, they don't even want to touch your doorbell or anything, do they? Now they're uh, literally just like leaving him on the front doorstep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not being funny. Joe, go on. How's your week been? It's been so similar to the week before and the week before, to be honest. I'm still filming yeah. daily videos for At Home with Cardi Golf, um, running out of ideas swiftly. So if anyone's got any, let me know. Yeah, thank, <laughs> God for, thank God for Easter, eh? Yeah, just added <laughs> one more video. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so apart from that, though, I'm still happy, still kind of not arguing too much with the kids. And still trying to just pretend it's a little holiday. Again, the weather's been mustard, isn't it? So that's mm. been everyone's saving grace to a point. So that's long may that continue. And obviously, I'm just looking forward each week to, to recording this, this podcast with you guys. And this oh. one is going to be 
<laughs> is going to be super special because, like I did allude to briefly in the intro, we we have got an interview. Sam's been out and done an absolutely excellent interview with Hugo Dobson, who caddied in the Masters in 2019 for Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, Hugo's a Suffolk golfer and a good golfer who Sam and I both know very well. Um, comes from a lovely family, lovely lad. Um, Matt, you've also played with Hugo as well, so you I know have. him too. And can vouch for him being a top boy. And and the interview is, is just absolutely brilliant. So I would really, really implore anybody to, if you like golf, listen to this throughout because it is riveting. It really is interesting, isn't it? Oh, well, I have, I having listened to it um, already, I, I'm super excited to, to be able to share it with everybody else and being the absolute golf perv, I know that if there are people that are anything like me, they're, they're going to absolutely love this. So, Agreed. Sam, yeah, Sam's done a really good job. At, at, <laughs> oh, mate, he smashed know. it. Absolutely smashed it. His first yeah. interview. <laughs> the only cool. thing I would say pre, pre-interview, if you, if you, it's a lot heavy, obviously, about Augusta and the Masters and all that. And if you're not, 100% sure on the holes or remembering the holes if you want to have maybe a quick refresh there is a little bit of implied knowledge I'd say potentially about some of the holes at Augusta so if you're not 100% on them I'd maybe just have a quick look and then the interview might flow a little bit better for you totally I reckon we should get right to it sounds good enjoy guys Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm joined with another guest today. We, uh, after our Masters chat last week, um, we decided to get a friend of mine on. His name's Hugo Dobson. He's a very good player in his own right. That's what they say on all the podcasts yeah. about a caddy. So, um, welcome, Hugo. Hello. Good to be here. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Um, so, Hugo, is, uh, he's obviously a very good player himself. He's won on the PGA Euro Pro Tour. He's played a lot of Challenge Tour events and stuff over the last few years. Um, but the reason I feel quite bad, to be honest, we've got him on today is he caddied for Tyrrell Hatton at the 2019 Masters. Uh, and if, for those of you who have listened to last week's pod, we got heavily into the Masters chat or the Augusta chat, really. So it's great to have someone on board who's actually seen it up, pl- up close and personal in a Masters setup. So, uh, Hugo, how are you, mate? You OK? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Yeah, I'll try my best to... To help you out, yeah, um, yeah, not too bad. That. I, uh, yeah, well, I, I, I shaved my head stupidly yesterday as well. Um, no, you didn't. Yeah, so I've got, oh, I've, I've got no. as you know, I've got a very small head as it is, and um, yeah, well, I look like a tennis ball head right now. So I'm glad <laughs> this is, off. I'm glad this is just podcast, not like some sort of video <laughs> thing. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, good mate. Yeah, yeah. How's your uh, How's your lockdown been? How's your lockdown set up? Have you got a uh, home net or anything like that going on? I mean, we're we're lucky in a way because well, we moved back um, into a cabin next to my parents' house, and we're in the middle of nowhere. So I've got like a little chipping area, like do some thirty-yard chips and a bit of putting. But I haven't got a net. I haven't got a net yet. Um, no, I we we spoke the other day before this. And yeah. You, uh, for those of you that don't know, Hugo's parents run a well. It's hard to describe Tottenham Barnes. It's got a bit of everything, hasn't <laughs> it? it? It's got it it's is. got in, indoor facility. It's got. Crazy golf course, foot golf, uh, like a longish sort of par three course. 
And to be honest with you, if I was you, I'd have been in that simulator all the time. I know it's I'd yeah, been, it's, it's tempting to sneak in, isn't it? But yeah, it's I'd got... have been doing I've been doing quote unquote security checks. <laughs> yeah. Maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been doing none of that then now? Um uh, I went a couple of weeks ago I went, but other than that, it's just a bit dodgy, isn't it? I can't really Yeah, yeah self isolation yeah. style. I'm not really uh not really staffed technically, even though so my brother goes in now and then. Cuts the, has to cut the greens, keep it maintenance and stuff. So mm-hmm. he's probably sneaking in simulator now and then. He's trying to get long drives going, but no, <laughs> no, sadly not. It's quite. It's well, been a weird little little break from golf, really. Mm. Well, you're a better man than me, Kyoga. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 2019 Masters. Then I've I've done a little bit. I've done a little bit of background research. Um, so he finished 50, 57th, well, 56th place, I think. Yeah, um, that's what it was. Cool. How uh, how was the week on a whole? Was it kind of how was Augusta? What is it? What was the place like? And how did it? What met your expectations? And what kind of didn't meet your expectations? That seems like a strange question to ask. Yeah, but... um, I mean, obviously to go to it, like it is like everyone says, it is just amazing um, condition. Everything like that is just way beyond your expectations. Obviously, way more hilly than I was expecting. Carrying a bag right around there in the humidity stormy weather was absolute nightmare but it was i think the best part looking back was weirdly not the tournament obviously it was brilliant playing with players like molinari and um cabrera bello patrick Cantley was probably one of the most underrated players we've, i've ever seen really? um but it was we went on um we got a private jet from tyrell's place in orlando on the sunday before and mm-hmm. played 18 holes practice round on that sunday and no no one's allowed in, no spectators or anything, not even, I think it's just literally you, you uh, you're obviously a player, caddy, and then maybe a manager can get away with getting on the golf course, but that's it. So the whole golf course is like just completely quiet. And really? uh, yeah, we, we ended up playing on the back nine and no one else was on the course. So you're playing the back nine at Augusta on like a perfect Sunday evening, sun setting over like Amen Corner and it's just me and Tyrrell. It was just, yeah, it was mad. So when you say we, did you play? Oh no, sadly not. No. I was well, going to well, say, you said, did you sneak some shots? That, you must have. Is that? Oh, is that like you know the caddy thing? I mean, we we as a team, but Tyrrell did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was, like, I was like, I didn't know this. No, I just watched. No, um, no, actually, well, between you and me, I, I snuck a couple of chips in around like eleven and twelve. Did yeah, a couple yeah. of little chips here and there, and a couple of putts. But yeah, but um, that was that was probably the best best part of it, to be honest. Obviously, like seeing the best players in the world as well playing around that golf mm-hmm. course is pretty cool just amazing week yeah 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 so you made the cut you made the you were one inside the cut line but you were in the morning weren't you on the friday yeah so how conscious of that cut line were you kind of coming down the last nine or last five or six holes because obviously so much can happen in that stretch it was you know yeah it was a weird one because Tyrrell got off to a flyer the first round i think with is he was two under after nine um, and then ripped one down the 10th fairway. And we're kind of like walking down there and we're like, we're like, oh, do you remember when um, Tiger was like four over after nine? And he shot, and he shot obviously like six under back nine. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. see if we can do that. And then suddenly he went bogey, bogey. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh, right. <laughs> um, and then he kind of got it back a bit. But we had a bit of a um, bogey 13 on the second day. And I think that kind of puts her on the cot cut line i think right on the cut line the 13th we got it back a little mm-hmm. bit but yeah he's 
it's quite he's quite good in the way that he'll go even though it's a major he'll go home and he kind of he leaves at the golf course so he literally mm-hmm. straight off the course straight home back to the house they rented for the week and played basketball he didn't really think about it. it's like oh good we made the cut get to play again i'm like thinking i really want to, yeah, i really want to caddy next to that <laughs> yeah, absolutely it. It. <laughs> but um so yeah so so he, so it wasn't like a conscious effort in the last few holes you weren't like you know the cut no this cut's gonna be yes you weren't even discussing the cut it was basically we'll just stick to the game plan and if we make it we make it kind of thing it wasn't said i think obviously it's in back of our minds especially after him bogeying 13 i think it was back mm-hmm. of our minds were like oh that's yeah that's kind of brought right in and i'm just yeah. thinking just i think all i said we've said was like this is trying to have a strong finish um yeah, it was one of those things I didn't know whether to mention or not. Some players like it, some players don't, do they? So yeah, I, don't, yeah. I didn't think Tyrrell, he's just kind of one shot at a time kind of guy. I was thinking, mm-hmm. please, make the cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so par three contest day before. Uh, did you get to hit a shot? Yes, yeah. On, um, yeah, on the ninth, I walked around. So Emily, his fiance, caddied for him in the actual mm-hmm. par three. But I walked around because Tyrrell... We were doing a lot of Trackman stuff um, leading up to the Masters because he was just wanted to kind of be reassured of some of his wedge distances because of like layups and stuff around the course. And so we went round and um, I was, we were kind of working on certain, like he was working on certain shots, um, like wedge shots on par threes. Uh, so I walked round anyway with him and um, got to the ninth and I'm thinking, oh, Emily's just going to hit hit one and uh they kind of forced me out to hit one which i was like obviously like looking back you're like oh that's fantastic like I, i'm so happy i did it but at the time i was genuinely just bricking it i was thinking you're not ready to hit a shot yeah, first swing in the first day swing, yeah, well, like... yeah first swing in because i caddied from um it was two weeks before but i didn't really play any i hadn't played any golf really mm-hmm. um caddy from wgc and so i hadn't played any golf so it's like first swing in a long time <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah yeah there's a lot of people over the back of the green if i knife it they're in danger um where did it go come on yeah I, to be fair yeah i, I, I instagrammed it and it, it, it came back to two feet sadly yeah. Tyrrell cut off the video when it started coming back so it just looks like, oh really oh yeah pretty average shot there crowd like yeah all right well done mm. um, see i did i did know all this but i, I felt like i had to ask the question <laughs> for the podcast yeah. It's so strange. yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah that was that was great fun yeah i just thought don't mm-hmm. please don't let go of the club because there's all the ping vans gone and stuff like that until and have a gap wedge. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was awesome that never was forget that funny. yeah yeah so, uh, we, to be honest, one thing I didn't know, and we, you sent me some some images of it the other day, was you, of the book, the yardage book. Yeah. Which for for kind of realizing how much of golf perv I am, really, when I was uh, going through my WhatsApp pictures, looking at each hole of of the book. I've sent you yardage like thirty book. pictures, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, honestly, I could not believe how basic the book was. Amazing, isn't it? That, like there's just there's just basically nothing on it there's there's no there's no yardages there's no plus minus yardages for you know the up and downhill slopes from the fairways to the greens um and it, there's no none of the fairways are you know dotted up for yardages are they it's all on sprinklers and yeah and and the greens as well like there's no i mean is this indicative of what the actual greens are like is there pretty much one slope across every green nah, or are they not or are they kind of they're just missing out slopes that aren't on the book well it's funny because like obviously me and you on Europro, we get yardage books which are quite detailed aren't they they're mm. 
Um, yeah, I know. That's what I was so shocked about. Yeah, and then when we go to tour school, we get the kind of European tour standard yardage books where every mm-hmm. every slope of every yardage, kind of uh, plus or minus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then caddying at the WGC, similar kind of thing. It was like, yep, yeah, fine. You don't really have to do much of the yardage books nowadays. And then yeah. like, you get given this one round, probably the most complicated course. Um, I mean, especially for you as a first-time caddy there as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you must have been like... I was thinking, oh my God, because there's no, it's one of the hilliest courses you're, they, they play mm-hmm. and there's no slope written on it. And you, you just turn up and you're like, it's just, oh yeah, obviously I've showed you the pictures and the green detail yeah. and everyone knows how complicated the greens are, Augusta. There's barely any detail. Just, oh yeah, general slope on 16 to the left, that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, It's yeah. like, well, yeah, anyone knows that, but it's, there's so much more complexity to it. And then, yeah. When I got the book, I was like, oh, crap, this is not good because I'm going to have to get yardage slopes. And in the practice round, we didn't really have enough time for me to get the slopes I wanted mm. to from each yardage. So I kind of had to go out the next couple of days, rush around in between like the top guys in the world playing their practice rounds. Yeah, like, yeah. Trying not to get in the way, trying to get some slopes. So do you sidle up, sidle up to any caddies, caddies and try to get some yardages? Yeah, or... Luckily, yeah, they're really, they are really friendly out there. Um, Ian Poulter's caddy just gave me a bunch of his book and then I got some slopes off that and then um oh that is that is an absolute touch yeah Norrin's caddy helped out as well so that I was like oh okay. god for that save me save me a lot but yeah when mm-hmm. I first got that book I was like oh my god this is not going to be good <laughs> we're at a major <laughs> I am hilarious. not a pro caddy here <laughs> I couldn't believe it I think we'll we'll put some pictures up for some of the listeners if they're if they're interested but I could not believe the lack of detail on the yardage book yeah yeah it's mad um so the course itself, um, what I mean, a lot of people say, obviously, if you hit a slight draw or, you know, quite a decent draw, it's a big advantage. And obviously, I looked at the book as well, and it kind of, apart from maybe 18 and 11, it seems like every hole suits a draw. Is that really the case? Can you get, can you get away with playing a fade or is, yeah, you know, what is it actually? It, you can, yeah. Um, you just will make, you'll make a couple of holes a lot easier for you if you can just turn it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyrrell, he can't he can't draw at all, and he'll be the first to say that he's he really struggles hitting it right to left. But he's brilliant at hitting it so straight, like frozen rope, and then he can hit yeah. a tiny fade if he wants as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of brought a little bit of difficulty in for holes like the second if you get a bit a bit of turning. Thirteen, so if you can draw it on thirteen, if you can hook it, basically that makes the hole a lot easier. Mm. Um, you see, ten. You see, so- you see some guys just bomb it over the trees on 13 now, don't they, almost? They kind of... Yeah, so they've they apparently they've added another tree in there, so you can't do it anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. That's quite interesting. So, yeah, apparently, like, McElroy and that lot, they just used to bomb it in, the, in this gap, and they showed me this mm. gap, and I was like... And they've put, a, they've put like, a 100-foot tree up there now, Augusta National. Like, you wouldn't believe they've just put it there. But, <laughs> <laughs> so you can't, you can't do it. I think Barber and stuff still find a way, but... Yeah, mm. so most of the guys, unless you're carrying it like 320, you just, yeah, you have to hook it around the 13th. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Same, as, same as 10. Like, you can just snap, yeah, snap that one's big. the hell out of it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was quite an interesting one for Tyrrell, but he managed, yeah, you can still manage yourself quite quite well around there. So, just... is he going to, did he do anything to kind of combat that? Did he put like a particular free wood that was easier to draw or anything like that? Did he do anything in bag setup or was he? No, it was, it was, he doesn't like changing too much, like, kind of, especially the woods mm-hmm. end and freewood he's got this one he really likes and yeah he's yeah i think we're all a bit particular about freewood's quite a weird club to get on with yeah yeah i must admit freewood you, you quite often see some 
ridiculously old free woods, don't you? Yeah. In people's bags, just ones that they've got exactly yeah. a bit of a bit of emotional attachment to. Exactly, yeah. So he's got this one he likes, but I think he, he just has to kind of he had to kind of tow it a bit to kind of get it turning right to left. So oh, that, really? that was his kind of way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> just put a toe stride yeah. on it. I love it. I was like standing on the tees going, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. But um, no, he, did, he managed it pretty well on 10 especially. 13, he struggled a bit. He kind of hit a couple of dead straight ones into trees mm. so we can go for the green too. But it does, it definitely helps. If you can, if you can draw it, it definitely helps just on about four holes for Augusta. Yeah, so you can get away with a slight fade other than those four, really. Yeah, I mean, look at like something like Fred Couples. I don't think I don't think you can draw it too well. He's obviously he's known for hitting a fade, um, and he's obviously done well around there. It just it just makes it a tiny bit. You have to just manage it slightly differently. Certain holes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, how is your your caddy your caddy experience in general with with Tyrrell? I mean, I you're obviously good friends with him, so I I'm sure you, you don't. He, I don't and I don't know him at all, but. From an outsider looking in, I'd say it's maybe it maybe looks like one of the tougher bags. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, he's he's one of my best mates. But he he knows he's a case. I find it entertaining when you when you're a caddy. Yeah. It's interesting because at certain uh-huh. points you're like, oh, um, you're like, oh, like. Because it's it's a lot riding on. Even though I was a good mate, there's obviously mm. he's he doesn't have a yardage book. Um, yeah, he, we spoke about this yeah. before. I could not. I, I I didn't really get my head around this, but then I heard someone else mention that like Tiger doesn't have a book, and Jack Nicholas never had a book. So it's basically all on the caddy. Yeah, I don't know about you. I quite like. I'd probably quite like someone to just tell me aim there and hit it, and I think that's just that's what Tyrrell get wants, and so he wants someone mm. to just go. This is the yardage. This is the club. Aim there. Hit it. Um, and so it kind of in, a, in turn puts a little bit more pressure than I'm used to on, on me <laughs> as a cat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, good, yeah. Just for doing it. Like, I don't like, do it, I do it myself, obviously, on Europe and stuff, but like doing mm-hmm. someone else, you like, you really don't want to get it wrong. I got it wrong yeah, once yeah. or twice, but um, yeah, so that kind of that was the only thing I was a bit worried about. But Tyrrell, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. The funny so, thing is with Tyrrell, we have a head off, and then 10 minutes later, we'll be walking down the ferry laughing about something ridiculous he's he's, he's yeah, good yeah. like that I've, I've never seen yeah that's what i mean i mean you, i've never seen somebody perform so well with that you know with that kind of reaction to to each shot i mean even at bay hill when he won this year it was just like it just looks <laughs> so his emotions just looked all over the place yeah and i just know if that was me i'd i would be shooting like loads but <laughs> yeah, just yeah. amazing how how he can it's just I guess it's just a release, isn't it? It's a release, and then it's then it's done. Yeah, I, I think that's it. He, he, I think he genuinely is just angry at the shot, and then next next shot's like reload, kind of as a new mm. shot. He doesn't mean yeah, to, yeah. but that's kind of how he just naturally works. Like looking at him, yeah, I was yeah. there at Bay Hill watching him on eleven. I was like, oh, like I, this is where I'd implode and just shoot eighty from here on. And he yeah. ended up ended up like paring into a tournament. So it's, it doesn't. It doesn't affect him as much as I don't think most people. I think it's quite unique like that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's quite an interesting thing because we, you and I, we played a foursomes match, didn't we, about a month ago? Yeah. And we almost, so we were playing foursomes together and we almost tried to do the caddy player relationship on each other. It worked, it? It quite yeah, it worked quite well. It actually it? worked quite well. <laughs> I quite like that. You know, I think it would be quite interesting to, to play around where you don't have to carry a bag. You just literally get to your, get to your bag 
or get to your ball, sorry, someone tells you the yardage, what the wind, then you can pretty much pick the club and that's pretty much the only decision you have to make. Yeah. It's quite a, it was, I was quite, I quite enjoyed it. I mean, obviously I, I don't really, you know, it's not something that I'm going to be able to experience all the time, but I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Cause it's quite weird on Euro pro. It's usually just mm. you and your clubs and that's it. And yeah. It, yeah. So you can, um, yeah, I, I quite like, I quite like having someone to talk the shop for and stuff like that. And I thought, yeah, me yeah, and you yeah. doing that worked quite well, didn't it? It's quite, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Yeah. No, I quite like so, that. Mm. Right, mate. So basically one of the reasons, well, it's one of the episodes that we've had so much feedback from. We basically, we were discussing last week what we thought each other would shoot. Got a little bit heated, not going to lie. <laughs> um, we, so as from someone who's been there, I'm going to definitely put you on the spot. And I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you what each, what you think each of us would potentially shoot. Um, so we've got Matt. You've played with Matt, haven't you? It was a I've, while ago. I played with Matt at Philford Heath, and I remember him being. I remember him being quite a good player. He's yeah, he's a seven handicap, so he's a good player. Yeah, um, I remember him like then, really straight. Yeah, he hits it pretty. He hits it pretty good now. Yeah, his short game's good. Um, but obviously, it's a seven handicap around that golf course. What 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 do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Um... <laughs> it's such a hard question. You're gonna have to throw. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to throw a ballpark figure out there for us. I'm afraid. I've only met Matt once. This is this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, a seven hand. I'd say. All right. I'd say the average seven seven handicap is. Uh, so what? Going round Augusta Monday after the Masters. Yeah, so Monday after the Masters, I mean, it's Sunday set up. We're going to say the thing is with I mean, Augusta. Say is, have a caddy. The thing is with Augusta is there's just so many like wind. So, like on a calm day, it's a different golf course to it, even if there's like a five mm. mile per hour wind because holes like the sixth, you can like go. Well, it feels like it's off the right, but north, south, mm. east, west, it should be coming off the other way. And yeah, so think little things like that is seven handicap. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, I suppose that's so true. I mean. You've only got to look at the winning scores when you see when Spieth broke the record at like 17 or 18 under and then one year Zach Johnson won it at like level or one under or something like that. So you think, uh, uh, but we're going to say that it's good weather. It's, it's I- idyllic conditions. Idyllic, no wind. All right, we'll no take, wind. take away the wind because that's a nightmare. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say the average seven handicapper... I think 90 would be a really good score for them. Uh-huh. I think, yeah, I think De- break 100, definitely. 90 would be a, a pretty good score because I don't, okay. I don't think the average, maybe the average seven handicap might not be used to the short game, like complexity of the greens maybe and like the yeah. speed of the greens. Um, and then there's some tee shot and length of the course as well. It depends how long you are. Yeah, like, yeah. Really See, long my, golf course now. Yeah, sort of my argument was sort of how... It, totally depends how many times you've totally wrong side yourself around there it feels like like if you're in certain positions you're just going to be you could be green side couldn't you in regulation but a double triple is still in play well yeah i remember i told you um with tiron 15 mm-hmm. i think it was a saturday like pins front right he's at a great seven wood and it's just like it's about five six yards off the green just on the mm-hmm. right side doesn't he doesn't even have to lob it over the bunker we're looking at the chip and I'm thinking, well, we're both thinking, like, how are we going to make par? Yeah, yeah. Because if you go right, you could put it into the water. If you don't quite pull off the chip shot, it's going in the water and you're dropping where you are, and which you happen to do. 
And so it's you just even a, like just someone's short game like that, he's got unbelievable short game. You're thinking, wow, how do I like get down in three, not two? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you if you're struggling with chipping, it could, yeah, be, yeah. A it could, be, it could <laughs> be a lot more around there. To be fair. <laughs> so what do you what do you think what do you think you or I could shoot around there? I'd say obviously we're pretty similar standards. What would yeah. you fancy shooting if you oh. if obviously with no pressure the following day? <laughs> I could, I mate, I could shoot, I could shoot ninety. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not very good. I could even shoot. I reckon that my scores could range from like ninety to maybe a couple under, around there. But yeah. on average, oh, I, I think no. If me and you played Monday after, no wind, had a good match. We both played half decent. Probably would make a couple of mistakes out there. Probably like I don't know mid seventies. Yeah, like seventy five, seventy six. Mm. Probably it's in, it's easy. really interesting because we had we genuinely had so much feedback on this and there was no there was no rhyme or reason as to where like one of a good mate of my week well you know him as well Tom Stevenson scratch player yeah. he actually been to Augusta as well yeah. so he and he he messaged me straight after and was like no way you break eighty <laughs> <laughs> so I was like cheers mate and he carried from he carried from me at tour school um, not last year the year before as well so you see me play a lot so. It was, <laughs> <laughs> and then you had somebody, a lot of friends messaged me saying you can probably shoot, you know, around par or whatever. So it's just literally there was so, yeah, you know, there was, it was, there was, there was no rhyme or reason to it. And it was just so interesting to have someone on to kind of, well, I don't know, not that you really settled any arguments because I'm sure people will still be yeah, arguing. People, but... <laughs> I think as soon as I say that now, people will be like, oh, you, like, I don't know, <laughs> like being with big, big headed or anything. But, I don't know. I think we could honestly. This is going to ruin it, but like seventy-five, seventy-six without breaking a sweat. If we played half decent, so that if like if we're driving it okay, I'm playing mm. so, like we say me and you round Woodbridge, for instance. Which say like if we shot a couple under round Woodbridge, that's probably equivalent to maybe um, seventy-seven, maybe Augusta or something like five, oh, okay. six, five, six over Augusta. But say mm. we, but. Yeah, if you're holding some parts, stuff like that, you could easily shoot 75, I think. Because yeah, you, you've got quite a short game as well, so Tom's ruined you there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cheers, mate. Yeah, like you're putting, you're holding out. You're, yeah, I think I think you'd shoot 75 quite easily. <laughs> I'm going to get ruined for that, but I don't know. Maybe, we'll see. We'll see what, we come, see what comes back. <laughs> so, uh, well, anyway, appreciate that. And we've got, we've got a few questions that have uh some of the some of the listeners have, have come in we'll fire some at you we'll go already a little bit over time maybe but okay. I'll, I'll fire some at you if that's all right no worries uh i got a question from dave penny he says do you get to keep your boiler suit no sadly not no no you haven't done any sort of painting p and d in your uh... <laughs> paint the cabin in it no <laughs> no don't get to not. keep it what there's a bloke that takes your boiler suit off you each day someone takes it off you yeah each day you get you get a different one they give you they give you like a fresh one. What sort? What's, and every, what, are wearing, what are you wearing underneath your boiler suit? <laughs> I'm, which, I'm, I'm wearing literally boxes and a t-shirt, so it's a bit of a interesting atmosphere in the changing room because you, you're soaked as well. The boiler suit feels oh. like it's an inch thick, and then really, yeah, Augusta in uh, this time of year it is so humid. 
And so, and, I mean, and you're just carrying the tour bag, which is so heavy around that. I course. just remember, I just remembered Stevie Williams, the Tigers caddy, just wear like get no, a hairy chest no, out. Yeah, no top <laughs> underneath. Just I was tempted out. to, I was tempted to, but I was thinking not with my pasty horrible chest. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, he's got a manly chest. I can't do that. He can pull it off. <laughs> yeah, but no, sadly, sadly, no. <laughs> I had to get, had to give it back. Oh. Uh, we've got one from uh, Stuart Robertson. He said, other than twelve. Which shots do you have more intense conversations with the player about club choice? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've, well, to be, like, the whole of Amen Corner is that's, that gets really, especially, um, especially. I think eleven. If you even if you're in the middle of fairway, eleven down the hill, mm-hmm. kind of you're blocked off from the wind on the left side, but and then the flag looks like it's going the other way, and you got water short left, and you're thinking you have got like five iron or so. That's really, really? That, yeah. We had some really tough chats about like what to hit there, and we missed clubs a couple mm-hmm. of times. Thirteen, really hard as well. As in um, second shot. Second shot, yeah. Um, I think yeah, whole of Amen Corner is really difficult to judge. Definitely, pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I've got one from Chris Jones. He says, "Do the players enjoy the laid back atmosphere of the par three the night before a major?" By looks sweet, yeah. I mean, Tyrrell's really laid back off the course anyway. Like, mm-hmm. I know it doesn't seem like it on the course, but he is. Um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a positive thing for a lot of the players by the looks of things. They're kind of like, relax, bring the family out, kind of. I think we did the, Tyrrell did the par three with um, Molinari and Poulter and their, like, their family and stuff. And oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it was just a really nice atmosphere. And you think, they're not you, you. You kind of you have to kind of double take that you're going to play a tournament the yeah, next day, like the, like the calm before the calm yeah. before the storm, almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it probably makes them kind of instead of having like some hardcore pra- another practice round, putting in the hours yeah, yeah. grinding, it's probably kind of makes them relax a little bit, which I think can be a positive for a lot of guys. Interesting, right, mate? Well, we've we've already gone a little bit over, so uh, <laughs> Sorry, I really appreciate. Blabbering. Yeah, no, it's all right. It's probably me. <laughs> Um, really appreciate you coming on, mate. And that was, uh, I think that's quite interesting, quite an interesting debate from, from inside the ropes, I think. Uh, yeah, I hope uh, I can help. Um, yeah, no, we, that was great. We, yeah. Uh, we'd love to have you back on and maybe talk about uh, something else other than just your, your two two tournament caddy experiences. No, but, that's, uh, that's, that's the peak of my life. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we really appreciate it, mate. That's all right. I'm, I'm just immediate regret. I'm going to get ruined for saying we're going to shoot 75 round Augusta well, on Sunday. It's, it's, but... it's on tape now, so you can't take it back. <laughs> oh, <geez. Anyway. laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate all it. Right, mate. Anyway, take care. Cheers, mate. You too. And there you go. What an interview that was. And I just want to extend another massive thanks to Hugo uh, for coming on and talking about his experiences he's obviously had the time of his life and some of the insight you get from that I think is incredible like I mean I thought I was blown away by the fact that Ian Poulter's caddy is just happily like gone yeah have some of my information about the golf course I mean would you would you have done that as a caddy in the Masters if I if I was a caddy yes if I was a player I think if if you're giving if you're giving other people that you're playing against almost like a little bit of a head start kind of thing giving them your information maybe there's a bit 
it just goes to showing it that you know people do look out for each other on tour. It's not a yeah, you know. I I also think it, it depends on the character. Like there are certain people and not necessarily caddies, but there are certain players that I would imagine like that would just blow their top if they found out their caddy was doing stuff. Brooks Kepka, for example, like if, I reckon if his caddy was giving out information, Brooks would go mental. Um, <laughs> do you reckon? Do you reckon? I don't think. I don't know. I just uh, that's just the impression that I get. But um, it, it was it was amazing. Like my, my only my only downside to listening to that with Hugo there was the fact that it didn't kind of go on long enough. Like I could have listened to that for hours and hours and hours. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, especially given that we've kind of missed the Masters. We're not missing it this year, but we've missed the Masters. This weekend, um, yeah, it was uh, it was really interesting insight, and uh, and obviously, you know, my, my highlight was the part where he said that I'm well equipped to shoot ninety round Augusta, which basically puts everything to bed from last week. Um, <laughs> Sam, don't choke on that humble pie. And to everybody, and to everybody on social media that said I was way off, um, you know, I hope you enjoyed that just as much as what I did. <laughs> I knew that was going to be your takeaway. Yeah, I did as well. We've got to let him have it, though, to be fair. (laughs) But it does does go to show, like, um, Chinese whispers a little bit. It's obviously a mega hard golf course, but it's not kind of everyone apart from the world's top 50 goes around there and shoots 100 and something. It's not that hard by the sounds of it. I think think it's... um, I think you can... It's a golf course that you could let get into your head. But I think that you'd probably shoot maybe five or six shots better if you played it a second time than mm. what you would the first time because oh, well, the first time 100% agree with that you know not not necessarily because I think you'd know where to miss and not to miss but I just think the first time you'd just be overawed by the occasion you know I've I've gone around and I've played a lot well I've played all of the modern day Ryder Cup courses apart from Valderrama and there's not one that I haven't played particularly well because I'm there for the experience but I think you know if I went back and played each one again then I think you'd, you'd naturally you'd shoot a better score because it's I'm not saying it's less of an experience, but you know it's obviously different on your first time, which is also why you don't see many, if you know a handful of first time winners at Augusta. Yeah, um, I have to be honest, I haven't done that research, so I'm sure there has been one or two, but there isn't. It doesn't happen often. So you would say you would recommend that if someone qualified listening, if someone listening qualified for the Masters, you would recommend they had a practice round. Is that yes? Is that, <laughs> yes. Inside knowledge. There. Yeah. There you go. Heard it here first, guys. You you are welcome. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant, though. Thanks again, Sam. Was there anything that really struck you from it, mate? To be honest, it was a strange one because we'd already spoken at quite a lot of length about it, kind of over the over the last year or so. Yeah. So for me, it was kind of just trying to go on what we've spoken about before and what I found interesting and trying to remember to answer, uh, sort of ask the right questions to get what I thought was interesting out, which is quite an odd way to do an interview. You know, we sort of had to ask questions that I already knew the answers to, which was weird. But Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the no, par three absolutely. contest. Like obviously, I know, obviously, I know that I've he stiffed it on the ninth from the par three con- contest, but you've still got to ask the question. yeah. <laughs> Joe, I've got quite a funny one. I remember that that weekend, he was actually meant to be playing for me and something. 
like the oh. annual match that you play in as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I'll never forget getting a call from his dad uh, the night before the match. And um, he basically said, hi, Joe. I was like, you're right. He goes, oh, Hugo's not going to be able to make tomorrow. And I basically said, he better have a bloody good excuse. <laughs> 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 because I knew the organiser, another Tony, was going to go absolutely mental because he worked so hard at this. He goes, he's going to Caddy for Tyrrell with the Masters. I'm like, all right, that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> I've actually just got a bit of uh, a bit of research here for you, Matthew. Go on. Uh, there's only been three people to win the Masters on their first attempt. Um, Fuzzy Zeller, Hort- yes. Horton Smith and Gene yep. Sarazen. There we go. Three big names there so as there well. There you go. It's not happened for a long time as well. No. Yeah, that's mm. the point. There you go. 40, what was it? 40 years or something like that ago. Yeah. Crazy. And it isn't going to happen. Well, maybe it could happen this year. Because when is it? November? November, yeah. There you go. Hopefully we get it in November. And who knows? There could be another first-time winner. But thanks once again to Hugo. Guys, there was <clears throat> something else that we wanted to talk about a little bit in today's podcast. Uh, Sam, you brought it up earlier. Because it seems like golf courses are starting to become like people's daily exercise, even though there's no golf involved. Yeah, well, there's well. This basically has come from one of my friends. My friend Charlie sent me this as a suggestion to talk about, mm-hmm. and he's sort of given me a bit of a grief because he sent me a few things, and this is actually the first thing that I've brought up, which probably means it's his first half decent suggestion. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they're saying basically they want to make golf courses kind of quote unquote sort of common land for people to exercise on, don't they, to get their daily exercise in? Is that that's basically what they're trying to trying to bring in aren't they oh yeah really? so this oh, is yeah I, I can give you a little bit more a little bit more background on it as well because naturally i've not got a lot of time on my hands well i think moment. i need it actually so, so i appreciate that <laughs> so so i i haven't spent a lot of time on social media over the past uh couple of weeks but um basically it was uh it's a, a lady female mp um based down in brighton somewhere i think she's like green party or or someone like that and she's you know, she's basically claiming that there's, you know, X amount of thousands of square miles of golf course up and down the country that are currently closed off. And why can't we open up the golf courses and use them as, as open areas for people to go and have walks and get their exercises on the golf course? Um, you know, there is also probably an equal amount of parks in the UK at the moment that are closed for a reason. Mm. Um, so it kind of it feels like it's. I, I, it's something that I feel strongly about because I think it's such a stupid suggestion. Like it's almost like we're going to close all the parks for a reason, but we've got all this land to open up to let people go on. Like golf courses are, it isn't just grass. Um, you know, it's it's businesses, it's insurances, it's greenkeepers mm. still out working, mm. it's pro shops and clubhouses that are unmanned at the moment and closed that are then at risk. Um, you know, and there's there's a golf course local to the three of us that's on private land. Uh, sorry, that's on public land. Yeah. Um. So you do normally get the occasional dog walk and stuff, but in the last few weeks they've had to kick families out of the bunkers where they're sitting in bunkers having picnics and barbecues. Um. But you know, it's you know, it's uh, it's this you know, it's this lady's idea to crazy idea to to open up the golf courses. Obviously, not a golfer. Obviously, hasn't looked into, you know, the. The nuts and bolts of of what it actually takes to operate a golf course, or the fact that it's a business, and 
just thinks, oh, look, there's there's some grass. People should be able to walk on it. Yeah, see, yeah. I sort of thought that as well. You know, you could sort of tell that that suggestion was probably from, from someone who's never played golf before and knew really much about it. You know, obviously, they don't really understand that, you know, if some, some damage happens to some sort of part of the golf course, how, the you know, the repercussions of that down the line are, could be pretty catastrophic, couldn't they, for that golf course? Yeah, um, totally. I just I've... don't really... And there's obviously there's, there's that amount of land that's kind of unmanned most of the time any, anyway. You start inviting hundreds of people on it, you know, what, what could happen? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, yeah, she's not only just someone who doesn't play golf. She sounds like an idiot to me. <laughs> she I... she is an idiot, unfortunately. I, you know, I didn't want to be the one to say it, but I'm going to. She, she is an I'll idiot because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like like I said, to you guys, parks parks are closed down for a reason. You know, if you want spaces, you know, if it's if it's safe for people to go and you know mingle, walk, run, cycle, whatever they feel like, whatever she feels like, she wants people to do on a golf course. They could do it in parks, but the parks are closed. Yeah. Um. The, yeah. yeah I, I do really want to be careful what 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 I say, but. Uh, I do wonder if she's been a previous golf widow, for example. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, you're right with the Rushmere thing. They, I, was I going to say that? Well, I've said it now. Well, it's it's right. on BBC based... News, isn't it, for crying out loud? Yeah, Rushmere. It golf was, golf. yeah. It's yeah fantastic yeah. golf course. It is an absolutely fantastic golf course. And they, they, are, unfor- they are unfortunately blighted with people walking it every day because it is common land. Um, and, you know, that is just what it, what it is. But to actually, I think the point you made, Matt, about greenkeepers still working, they they have got to be up and down, cutting fairways, greens, mowing rough and what have you all the time. And now they've got to kind of drive around everyone. Families in bunkers having picnics, honestly. that Also, that does not constitute daily exercise. So I think letting people out um, on golf courses just like basically warrants you to spend more than an hour outside which you're not going to do anyway especially around these people that are trying to do their job it's an absolutely ridiculous idea i had i didn't really know i hadn't really read a lot about this actually until you said so i'm glad you gave me the uh, full sp map because now i get to talk about it freshly angry (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah no she sounds like an utter moron and can we can we put her in room 101 (laughs) She was already in it. <laughs> She's already in it. Good. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is as well, like, do she, like I, I, you know, like, let's 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 take us for example, like, you know, the, the golf courses near near us in this area, you know, most of them are, you know, a fair drive for most people. Uh-huh. You know, so yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, you've got uh, off the top of my head, I can think of, you know, like, so we have got a couple in in Ipswich where I'm based. Um, you know, we've got Rushmere and we've got Ipswich Golf Clubs that are kind of close to housing estates, but we're not talking loads and loads of people. And there's only a handful of golf courses that I can think of that aren't kind of tucked out of town a little bit, mm. which means people have then got to get in their cars to drive to the golf courses to get to the parks. And it's just like, yeah, the the the, the woman is it's it's not it's it's not a, a, a female thing. She's just she was the one that made the suggestion. She's silly for doing it, and she needs her head tested. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Do you reckon she'll come on as a guest? There you go, yeah, to fight, to <laughs> argue her point. <laughs> I'd like to see if I can send her a DM. Get her was, so was the, the argument for, was it actually for any golf course, or was it for the golf courses that were actually kind of in built-up areas? Was it actually just basically... No, she basically, she's basically done the maths and she'd worked out 
um, how many golf courses there were in the UK, which equated to how many acres of land there was that wasn't being currently used, basically. And that was the argument. It was like, well, why don't we open up golf courses and let people go for walks on them? And yeah, there you go. I I am actually currently trying to find something online um, about her, trying to find out who she is because I want to name and shame her, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, and look, I do. Um, you know, I, I will say this as well. You know, I'm I'm not. You know, I'm 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 happy to to kind of have the have the discussion. And there was somebody that I was chatting to literally a couple of hours ago online that was saying that, you know, could this not potentially be an opportunity for golf to, you know, actually say, yeah, okay, we'll open up our calls. You can come and spend some time on our calls to, you know, kind of show that golf is as a, as a sport, as a, a group of people, whatever you want to look at it is, you know, is a, is an open welcoming, you know, and, and could this go, could this be an opportunity to kind of sell the idea of golf courses are not inclusive and not stuffy places are quite open and welcoming. Um, you know, there is there is that argument that's being thrown out and there was one chat mark who I was was chatting to online. Um, you know, and it's 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 a fair point. I can see his point of view, but I just think that there's far too many more negatives than positives to, to this whole idea. Um, yeah. It's also not the point though. The point is that people are supposed to be going out for their daily exercise less than an hour. You can't really do that on a golf course. No. You know, it's it's just not the point. Everyone just needs to stay at home, like they've been told to do, unless yep. they're a key worker, unless they're going to the shops to get essentials, and unless they're doing their hour of exercise, which frankly they can do in a run around their local streets as long as you're careful. Um, you know, you us three have all been going for runs, but we've been staying two meters away from everyone. If I if I'm running on the pavement, someone's crossing the other I cross the road. You can do it without going onto golf courses. Most golf courses you need to drive to. It's not. It's not golf not being welcoming and, and including. It's just a stupid idea. Amen. <laughs> it's a strong. It's a strong no from the swingers club. Then <laughs> it's a strong, strong no from the swingers club. Yeah, absolutely. Courses that are common land, like Rushmere, again, great golf course. If you live in, if you live in that area, and you know, you you know a walk around it, which takes less than an hour, so you're not breaking any rules, then fine do it because that's what it that's common land that's what it's there for but other than that unnecessary yeah i also i also think if you you know like rushmere is a good example if you are somebody that lives close by and you would normally go for a walk around that golf course with your dog or a run around that golf course with you know with whatever then continue to do it but it's it's more so the people that had probably never stepped foot on that land before yeah, agree. But all of a sudden, see it as an opportunity to 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 go and abuse it. Yeah, um, you know, like... and it and it and it left it left somebody from that golf club having to go and pick up used barbecues and litter where people had just left it because obviously on the middle of the ninth fairway there is there are no bins. Yeah, mm. I've got a slightly different point as well. Like, obviously, most a lot of golf courses are privately owned, aren't they? So. The government surely can't actually sanction something that says, right, this is your property, but we're going to let people on. No, That's basically no, what no. they were trying to say, wasn't it? On the, the art, Well, the article I saw basically saying that they were going to start imploring people to kind of let on. I mean, say if someone owned a massive estate or something, you wouldn't say, you know, you need to start letting people come and play in your garden or 
that sort of thing, would you? Well, yeah, yeah, but it is. But things like that do happen, don't they? I agree with you totally, Sam. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And there'll be a lot of farmers shooting people. (laughs) Hopefully. Um, Not actually, hopefully. I'll take that back. Um, But... But yeah, the, the, the gov- I think the government probably could, but I don't really think they will because we're quite lucky to actually be under quite a good government at the moment. And um, I don't think this woman's got anything, any kind of power. So don't panic. No, I'm not panicked. I feel all right now. <laughs> now I've got it off my chest. Do like... you both feel all right? I'm yeah, sure. I'm, I'm over Some... it now too. <laughs> Some, somebody, somebody said, uh, I can't remember who it was in the week, but somebody said, is this podcast just Matt Albrook's way of venting and kind of, is it just being used as his therapy session once yeah, a week? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're on a chaise lounge at the minute, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Just laid um, out. Yeah, that's where I do my best performing. Staring at the ceiling. <laughs> on the, yeah, on the podcast, yeah. Definitely. So the Swingers Club are definitely against golf courses being used as public land, <laughs> and we're all off to go and kick the cat now in anger about the fact, about the fact that it was even brought up as an idea. Um, but is there anything a little bit more light-hearted to finish the show with, lads, or are we going to just go and leave that lingering taste in people's mouths? <laughs> no, it's, 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 you know, the, the, the same again for us. Actually, the last, the last, I feel like the last couple of podcasts we've done of. The feedback and the interaction that we've had on social media has been really, really good again. Yeah. Um, you know, so again, I want to thank people for listening. I want to thank people for getting in touch and giving the suggestions. You know, we had lots of questions from people uh, for Hugo that some were answered. Unfortunately, we couldn't get around them all. Um, but again, don't, you know, don't be put off if, if it's a Room 101 suggestion, if it's a topic that you want us to discuss. Um, you know, just just keep firing them at us because we will get round to them eventually. And yeah, we will. If we do forget, you know, just just keep just keep tweeting us or or dropping us messages on Instagram or, or Facebook group is there. And you know, if you are enjoying the podcast, you know, it's not something that we've done very much recently. But you know, if you do want to leave us a review and you know, let us know what you thought, and obviously five stars if it's anything less than that, just don't bother. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. But if you do want to do that, then then that'll be that'll be gratefully received and. You know, while people are, are still listening and still asking for it, and we'll, we'll we'll carry on doing it naturally. Yeah, absolutely right. And that review thing, guy, I've been told by someone in the know in the podcast world that that is really important for us to get people writing reviews. I know it's a bit of a ball ache, but from the three of us, we'd appreciate it hugely if you took some time out of your days to just to write us a little review on iTunes or Spotify and um, and let us know what you think. Like Matt says, as long as it's good. <laughs> I know I'm not getting a good review from the lady yeah. <laughs> from where nah. Bright or whatever, but I think we can live with that. <laughs> I think I can live without her review. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if also if, if you don't like anything, you know, come come and tell us, and and we'll tell you why you why you're wrong. But come and tell us. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. We are only joking. We love you all, guys, and I think it's time for us to go before we upset anyone else. Uh, boys, it's been great. Anything else you want to add? Nothing really. Just say thanks to Hugo again, really. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Hugo. Yeah. Enjoy your weeks. Hope you've all had a lovely Easter. Yeah. Um, stay safe. Um, stay indoors. Week. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>